Seven minutes. I forgot to do Hey, Colonel, apparently there's no audio to this video here, if you want to describe what's going on here. Well, cut that video. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. The big question is, what was the American military doing the morning of 9-11 before the attack? This is Truth Thursday. We also have our Spaces Live audience. Well, this show was supposed to be only about my guests' unique experiences on 9-11, some of which overlap with my own knowledge, but I was asked by a fellow survivor of the Pentagon attack to put the facts of my story out using my platform. So I chose uh, Twitter X uh, in order to push back on the conspiracy theories around the aircraft that hit the building because many of us feel it disrespects the dead and their families. Here's what I posted initially on X. Quote, I personally identified the Boeing 757 engine, cockpit, and airframe parts of the American Airlines aircraft that hit the Pentagon on September 11, 2001, during my response to the site from my office in the building. I was there all day with plenty of time to use my 20 years of experience at the time investigating aircraft crashes to confirm the initial reports, close quote. In previous years, folks, I've only answered direct questions and have stayed out of this fray. But unfortunately, uh, there's a group that somebody told me they were known as 9-11 truthers of folks on the social media that got really upset with that post. And as of this morning, it had 450,000 views. And uh, my post that many views. In addition to calling me a liar, traitor, a fed, cover-up operator, all of which surprised and disappointed me because since leaving the military, I've fought hard to push back on and remove politicians that have transformed our government into one we don't have confidence. I also have fought for making the 28 classified pages of the 9-11 Commission report public because it showed the Saudi government was involved and that someone connected to the FBI was too. And honestly, my opinion is that the CIA was involved too. I am opposed to what the U.S. government has become today, even more, and you and I are right to question and be skeptical. So we will address the aircraft versus missile issue that blew up on my timeline on X last night in the first half of the show, then move on to what was going on with the U.S. military and government that day that Retired Navy Commander Arrington and I have some knowledge shared about 
you may not know, and yes, we will take questions from the Live Spaces audience along the way. Okay, Disco, start clip one. We're gonna do this, it's about a six minute video. It's a, it's an, it's a crash reconstruction video. Exhibit A, I'm gonna read it to you for you all in Spaces, is lampposts. Aircraft is starting on the other side of the freeway, southwest of the building, on its final heading. Lamp pole number one uh, is hit, and the pictures, the actual pictures showing that lamppost are shown in this simulation. Lamp pole number two is struck, landing near some trees. And there's a picture of lamp pole number two, an actual photograph. The aircraft's proceeding on, and it hits lamp pole number four, number three struck, and it causes the luminary, the light, to enter the right-hand engine, the number two engine. The picture shows the pole and the base of that pole. The engine starts to smoke. Lamp pole number four is then struck, and smoke starts coming out of that engine. There's a picture of the lamp pole. Lamp pole number five is struck, and the aircraft is even closer to the engine. And there's a picture of lamp pole number five bent and laying on the ground, and then the aircraft approaches its impact point on the building that comes to exhibit B. Stop right there for a second. Go pause. Exhibit B is going to be the security cameras, cameras that you have seen other analysis from on uh, that were at the entry gates just to the north of this area where the helicopter pad and the fire department and the small control tower were, uh, uh, and, and right at the impact point. So there were two security cameras on those posts. They're about three feet high. They were fisheye cameras. Uh, and the next segment's gonna take us through that. But right now, I wanna bring my guest, uh, retired U.S. Navy Commander Randy Arrington in, who is an attack pilot for the U.S. Navy and a DHS pilot that day. Uh, Randy, you've probably seen these reconstruction, aircraft crash reconstruction videos before. Uh, this, this simulation video uses pictures, documents, like crash report, those kind of things, track of the aircraft, uh, as it was known at the time, from multiple sources. Do you see anything unusual other than the altitude of the aircraft is very low? These poles are about, I don't know, 50 or 60 feet high, I think, and uh, it started hitting them as soon as it started crossing the freeway as it approached the building. Uh, great, great to be here. And by the way, some of the things that you mentioned that you recall on Twitter are not even close to all that you recall. I was appalled by what these people on Twitter were calling you, and I tried to defend you, and of course, then they come after me. But uh, like you, I was an aircraft accident investigator, uh, both for the Navy and for U.S. Customs. And uh, I went to the Air Force School at USC and NTSB and FAA. So this reconstruction is very, very powerful. And I'm thinking that the airplane was probably flying about 12, 15, maybe 20 feet over the ground. The uh, 757 has the engines underneath the wings. And I think at the end there, the uh, the, the engine started dragging the ground a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. So we will it's, it's see as this, as, this, uh, uh, as this video progresses, using the actual pictures of the damage, uh, and the track of the aircraft. Uh, and I think the engine themselves uh, at the freeway height were probably about 20 or 30 feet off the ground, which would put the nose of the airplane about 50, uh, 50 feet or so. Uh, so we're at exhibit B, which goes to the cameras on the entry gates to the north. So you're looking to the south, folks. 
at the Pentagon entrance security booth on the northeast or northwest side of the uh, the first camera is the actual photograph uh, uh, pieces of the video there is a there's a simulation of it and then it's overlaid with the actual still from that video that clearly shows the tail of the 757 uh, just over the top of the far pedestal where the second camera is uh, and the smoke trail and, and this is where I've got to correct a mistake I made yesterday when the first time I saw this video I said there was no smoke there I was incorrect uh, in that and then it, the, the pictures are showing it shows the aircraft hit the building in a large fuel explosion uh, that goes hundreds of feet above this building and the top of this building is 77 feet high folks yeah, remember that uh, uh, now the simulation is rewinding uh, from this camera here in a second because it's going to go to the second camera uh, which is on the other pedestal that I can see in the picture itself there goes the reversal and it's because the analysis included photos and video from the second camera and keep in mind this is 2001 this is a very grainy very fish-eyed view camera of that aircraft so it's distorted and everything else now we're going back to the aircrafts now uh engine nacelles look like they're about 10 feet above the ground it is proceeding along its track Toward its impact point, which includes uh, where a tree was, a generator on the right-hand side, some cable spools, uh, and a low concrete wall. Video shows the aircraft entering the building uh, in a simulation uh, and with a human being in the in the foreground, uh, right about where the guardrail off the freeway would be. Which there's an actual picture that shows that. Commander Arrington, uh, what we saw there was uh, it's demonstrating that the aircraft uh, looked like the engine nacelle on the left-hand side of the airplane, so that would be uh, the number one engine, I think, uh, hit that low concrete wall. Uh, and in the next segment, we're going to roll that uh, right now, Disco, because there's actual pictures of that damage. Go ahead and roll that. Holy shit, somebody finally found the confiscated... Wrong video. Uh, continue the, the first video. There you go. Exhibit D, the generator and ground structure damage. So the aircraft's proceeding along its flight path. There's a generator to the right and some ground structure on the left, and then those spools that you see in the picture. And right there, the generator and the ground structure are both struck. Generator by the right engine and the ground structure struck by the left engine just prior to impacting. Here's an actual picture that shows the, the crescent carved out of that ground structure of concrete by that engine as it went through it. And it did touch spools because spools were between the fuselage and the engine that fell itself, and the wing was still high enough above those spools. Now, Exhibit E is a exhibit of aircraft debris. It shows the first uh, one shows part of the engine. There's a second part of an engine. There's the high-pressure turbine, what's left of it of the engine, three pictures of engines. Here's part of the landing gear, multiple pieces of internal structure of the aircraft is shown. Uh, it's shown how the aircraft completely disintegrated. 
and came away in very small pieces, relatively speaking. There are, there are multiple pictures of aircraft debris being picked up by FBI agents, firemen, civilians that have American Airlines markings on it. Clearly, it's an American Airlines aircraft. And all of these photographs in Exhibit E show aircraft debris of a Boeing 757. There's a picture of a, of a, of a uh, wheel, uh, and uh, that's the end. It's created by a guy named Mike J. Wilson. I'm going to give you the website, folks. You go to MikeJWilson.com, MikeJWilson.com. You can see this reconstruction video, which is the best that I've looked at. Now, I do want to, I do want to, let everybody know there's another analysis by a man named David Chandler that's on my tweet uh, down in down in the comments. Somebody posted there. It's a really good analysis, but it only focuses on the two entry gate cameras. Uh, but it's a it's a very good analysis. Now keep in mind that uh, quite honestly, I haven't looked at any of these pictures or videos ever. I, I didn't need to, didn't want to. 22 years until yesterday. Uh -huh. So I made a mistake on the smoke in the entry gate videos. Mr. Candler's analysis is where I figured out that there was a smoke trail because that, that right-hand engine ingested that light pole luminary structure, the light piece of the pole, into the engine and caused it to start smoking. And it's uh, very, very obvious what happened. And that's what I saw, too. Now, I worked on the inside of the building between alleyway, between A and B ring in the alleyway where the cockpit of the airplane spilled out into the alleyway. Uh, the, uh, one of the pictures in that simulation, the landing wheel, was in that area. I saw that there along with identifying cockpit debris, uh, checklists, human remains of the crew, and whoever else might have been in the cockpit. It's all in that area where I worked. out uh, by the actual on scene. Then I went to the building where you saw all these videos and these, these pictures of the aircraft uh, debris and that's where I identified engine parts, skin of the airplane, other parts that are serial numbered and marked, American Airlines, etc. out in that area because the airplane just disintegrated and there are multiple examples of aircraft, jet aircraft, hitting at speed of 400 knots or so uh, concrete walls that show what can happen to an aircraft. So uh, that's it for this segment. When we come back, we will look at another video that showed up yesterday. Uh, you caught a glimpse of it there. And I've done a little bit of analysis on this video myself because I'm curious, I was curious as to what uh, the people were saying on it. And Disco, we will let that audio run on that video when I come back after the ad. I'm Rob Manus. This is the Rob Manus Show, Red Voice Media Network, live. We bring in the facts and the truth, whether you like it or not. And a lot of you don't like these facts and truth. It's obvious. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. 
Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. Attention, fellow Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for that digital dollar is being implemented as we speak. Don't be fooled. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit me. And you can act, but do it before it's too late. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of what they're calling FedNow started on July 1st of this year. I'm sure this is catching a lot of people off guard. Your hard-earned assets are at risk. But there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time. How? With one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole, contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's right. Call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide will outline the precise steps you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, all without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number two USA gold right now. 833-287-2465. That's right. 833-2-USA-GOLD. Well, welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show, folks. We are uh, uh, discussing the aircraft uh, that crashed into the Pentagon in the attack on 9-11 22 years ago this past week uh, because it seems a lot of people don't believe that it was an aircraft. Uh, we, we just walked through the simulation video of, of a aircraft accident reconstruction using actual footage and stills from the site of it using the government, F, uh, there were FBI, NTSB, and Navy video and photographs uh, there that clearly show the aircraft wreckage, clearly show how the aircraft uh, entered the building, uh, what happened to the parts of the airplane, like the engines, uh, landing gear, the skin, the wings, uh, that debris has all been photographed and cataloged, and it's part of that presentation. Uh, so this go, I wanna go ahead and show clip two. You can let the audio run, but I'll warn people, uh, the person in the audio, we have no idea who it is. We don't know where this video came from. It just showed back up uh, uh, this week, the 22 years after uh, that. But there are some things that I, when I looked at it, uh, I said, hmm, let's take a look at some numbers here 
uh, um, based on what I know about missiles, cruise missiles, aircraft, and the size of the building that's in the video, the Pentagon, the height of the building. That's why that height's important. Go ahead and run clip two. Holy shit, somebody finally found the confiscated video that the FBI took on the day of 9-11, where it was proving it wasn't a plane, it was a scud missile. Um, there was talk amongst the community, because I've been awake for 20 years since this happened, that there was a scud missile, the witnesses were silenced, the person who had this tape that turned it over to the FBI, the FBI concealed this information, and as you can see, that is not a plane. That is a scud missile, as originally thought. Fucking deep state cabal, you sons of bitches. We already, those who knew, we already knew you did shit. But this was the last piece of the puzzle for the evidence. With that whole entire crap of the 9-11 report that said it disintegrated. That is a scud missile. Swedish satellite saw that there was a, a, a marking target, and that was completely put aside, and you all bought the lie. Okay, so very grainy. We don't even know where the video came from, where it was taken from. Uh, you can see a cylindrical object uh, impact the side of the Pentagon in the general location where we know the aircraft hit. Uh, uh, and the, the person on the audio is claiming it's a Scud missile. Now I know where that claim came from. Uh, 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 as far as I know, anyway, this is where it came from. Uh, now, let's take a look at a still from the video, Dr. Arrington, uh, and then some pictures of Scud missiles. Uh, so bring still number one up. Let's go. All right, so this is still number one. Uh, if you look at the red vertical line, it's marked 77 feet high. I put the, these lines on here and put, and put the numbers on there. The 155-foot-long line on the horizontal line to the left is... Uh, is what I could make out of what I think is the object that they're calling a Scud missile. Uh, and uh, now the 155 feet long comes from the length of a Boeing 757. Uh, now, as you can see, uh, that's what the red line is. It's just along the same track as the object there. Uh, but what you can see is that the 155 feet is dramatically greater than 77 feet folks. And that line does go the length of that cylindrical object that's in the video. All right? Uh, it's so fuzzy, if, if, if there were, you can't make out the wings on the airplane, if that is, in fact, a video of the aircraft. I have questions about that, but I wanted to run through it because people were saying that this is a valid video, and I wanted to look at the numbers. So let's bring up the picture of still number two before we start talking about it. Here's a Scud missile. It's 36.9 feet long. 36.9 feet long. Bring up still number three. Now this is a Tomahawk cruise missile. U.S. Navy uh, uses it in its launched configuration after it leaves the tube. It's about 18 feet long, and that's what it looks like. Only 18 feet long. Now, an air launch cruise missile that the Air Force uses is 20 feet 6 inches long and about 20 inches in diameter. So none of those missiles fit even the length of the object that's in the video that I've marked 155 feet. 
to symbolize that it's probably a Boeing 757. Where am I wrong, Doc? I, you know, I think that video has been altered. And you know, nowadays you can alter videos. And it, uh, this, this video came out a while back and now it's just resurfacing. Uh, I think every year around 911, they, they trot this thing out, these truthers that don't want to believe that 911 actually happened. Now I tell people all the time, don't trust everything your government tells you, trust but verify. And uh, a lot of things are happening today and the government is lying to you about every day. They lie to us, they lie to each other. But this is not a lie. An airplane actually hit the Pentagon. I have Spartan mates that were there, Admiral Cotton was there, and uh, they are also reserve pilots like I was at the Navy. They were flying from American Airlines, United Airlines. They know crew members and pilots that are no longer with us. They're dead. This actually happened. And uh, to, to deny that it happened just doesn't do justice to the victims and their, their poor families. It, it really just disrespects them. I don't want people to be disrespected. Well, uh, thanks, Commander Arrington. I appreciate that. Uh, and I appreciate everybody else's well wishes, too. Uh, uh, let's go to the Spaces audience. Uh, Kat, the Hammers, the host, host over there, uh, and see if uh, there are any questions or comments. I know it's tough if you're not watching this video. Just listen to me drone. So we really appreciate you doing this, Colonel, because it need it needs to happen. I know it's not it's not an easy subject for you. Um, Jim, did you want to talk to Colonel? Yeah, Colonel Jim Path. I spent a lot of years working in DC two on Capitol Hill. He by the way, Scud missile. Come on, that comes straight <laughs> down out of the sky. They don't fly those sideways. So, and I'm glad yeah, you, you can't yeah. it up. Ballistic missile, which is what the Scud is, flies a parabola track uh and uh yeah. if you remember your basic geometry a parabola it goes up it makes its turn at the top and then it comes down and then and then it, and then a scud has pretty rudimentary inertial guidance uh, uh from the time that this occurred uh it would start guiding itself to whatever target it was. uh so it's no way close that it would have the maneuverability to do what that object is go ahead yeah, and, 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 and to Oh, sorry. And to uh, and to have this conspiracy happen, so many working parts have to be in line. It's just absolutely crazy. So no, it, it, yeah, I I commented on your thing, and I got waylaid too. And I'm just saying, you did the right thing. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Colonel, the new scuds do have terrain following, but they didn't have that capability 22 years ago. Yeah, it was just basic inertial guidance. Right. Uh, that long ago. Uh, not to mention, the questions come to mind. Uh, anybody else over in the Spaces audience, Kat? Yes, sir. Chad's waiting. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Are you going to beat me to the M word? Go ahead, Chad. <laughs> I, the M word? Oh, man, don't do not do that to me because I got a lot of words that begin with M that you may not want to say. But M, I just want to say this. Okay. What? M is in Mike. Oh, Mike, yeah, I got the mic. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I want to say this. All those people that keep coming at you, they don't know what they're talking about. It drives me absolutely batshit crazy to sit here and listen and watch people attack you like they did. I, I jumped in there, and I, 
um, I got real on Christian real fast because there's this is part of my thing too in being involved in politics, as you know, Colonel. I am so sick of the wrong information going out from the people that are supposed to be on our side, people that are supposed to be in our worlds, in our political lexicon, people that are trying to uh, bring about real change, and somehow or another, uh, some snake oil salesman with a John Grisham book grabs them and sends them into the world of research and stupid. I just don't get it. Why can't we use com uh, common discernment, listen to professionals like yourself, and frankly, as somebody that served in the military and holds pomp and circumstance for all those we have lost at any given time and have served this country, it drives me absolutely nuts to for you to, like you even said in this piece, that you didn't go look at those pictures or these videos because you just didn't want to, but because of them and putting out false information, they did. They they forced you to do this, and it, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry those people are around us, Colonel, and you're handling it like a champ. And I'm not going to go too unchristian because I don't want your wife to get mad. Thanks, Chad. Uh, for the folks out in the audience uh, that may or may not, or that may have made a comment that uh, really was inappropriate on that thread, and you know who you are. Uh, I'm just going to say, you know, you got to get back as Americans to where you can trust at least somebody that had the right experience uh, and was there at the right time and saw the things and is willing to talk about the facts. Uh, uh, I mean, you can come in and you can call me a liar, you can call me a traitor, you can call me a fed, uh, whatever. I still love you because you have a right to have an opinion, okay? You have a right to hold a conspiracy theory no matter no matter what the facts show that uh, that you're kind of a moron if you continue to hold the conspiracy theory after all these facts are out. And I'm just going to call you that. Uh, and some of you have been blocked. Some of you have been muted. Some of you have been uh, snarkily commented to uh, by me because when you come at me, all I did was lay out my experience and facts and say what happened. But when you come at me, you're going to get overwhelming response back because that's what military officers and NCOs do. We defeat people with overwhelming response. And I'm going to do that for you if that's what you want to do. Now, if you want to DM me, uh, if you think you're blocked or muted uh, and get back into the engagement, happy to talk to you about it. I have no problem with you. I don't even have a problem with people calling me names. But don't expect me not to push back on you when you – continue to not be a very smart person after all of the facts get presented to you by professionals that were there. And I've seen professionals that were there on that thread get attacked incessantly and called traitors and liars by Americans, some of which are veteran and MAGA in their damn, in their profiles. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to chew you out right now. Don't be a moron after the facts are presented to you. Commander it, Arrington, go ahead. It, it, we... it, I've, been on, I've been like you. I've been on many accidents by civil aircraft accidents. It's traumatic enough just to be there investigating an aircraft accident because you see things that hurt you, especially when you're a family man and have children. You see body parts. You see uh, pacifiers from babies. You see little teddy bears. You smell the bodies and the, and the fuel. It hurts you, but you, sir, were actually in that building and almost became a victim yourself, as my uh, buddy Admiral, a squad mate Admiral Cotton was. You were there, so it's two or three times more traumatic for you because you were almost a victim. 
and I'm sorry that had to happen to you. But the people need to know the truth, and we're despite their you know soft and sensitive ears, we're going to tell the truth. That's right. We're going to tell the truth and the facts. We've got to take another break. But when I come back, I'll come back to the spaces audience. I see the hands, uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to give you the facts and the truth, no matter what, even if it pisses you off, because the Red Voice Media Network is dangerous, and we're going to stay that way. We'll talk about the Doomsday airplane and what Air Force One was doing that Commander Arrington and I both know what was going on that day before the attacks and afterwards uh, during the next half of the show. After we take more questions. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening, and it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't, in some sense, working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is the wellness company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement. That features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and it's occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster. nuclear war and all U.S. military ground communication was destroyed, this $223 million plane would become the command and control center for the U.S. military's most senior officials. This is the E-4B Nightwatch. It's basically a flying war room designed to withstand a nuclear blast. I like to think of the E-4B as kind of like a flying backup Pentagon, potentially more secure than the Pentagon. If you're seeing it at its maximum capability, which hopefully we never do, yeah, you're looking at an apocalyptic scenario, which is why it's affectionately known as the Doomsday Plane. Four E-4Bs make up the National Airborne Operations Center, and the U.S. Air Force is responsible for the operation of all four of them out of Offutt Air Force Base near Omaha, Nebraska. The retrofitted Boeing 747s were made for war. Originally designed in 1973, the E-4 series planes were thought to be the best way a president during the Cold War might survive a nuclear explosion. And since their inception, one of the Doomsday planes has stood on alert 24-7. Because we're a 24-7 ops mission, we are not non-deployable unit due to our proximity to the president and all other key assets at one time. But day-to-day -day is highly important because we can assume the role of a primary command center, much like the Pentagon is, much like STRATCOM can be, we can assume that role in the air as well. In the immediate aftermath of a nuclear blast, 
the President, the Secretary of Defense, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff would all be safe aboard the E-4B. From there, they could order nuclear strikes or execute emergency war orders. And while the majority of the E-4B's capabilities are classified, we do know a few things. The plane has three decks and can hold a crew of up to 112 people. With four massive engines, the E-4B can fly for 12 hours straight without refueling. But with aerial refueling capabilities, it could theoretically fly for several days. It costs nearly $160,000 per hour to fly the E-4B, making it the most expensive. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show live, where we're talking about what the U.S. military was doing before the attack. In the first half of the show, we, we dispelled dispelled the conspiracy theories that said that aircraft was not what was used at the Pentagon, but it was. It was American Airlines Flight 77. Uh, there were veterans, uh, a U.S. Navy captain, Chip Erlingame, that was piloting that aircraft. Uh, there were the wife of uh, Attorney General, I believe, uh, was uh, on that aircraft and texting. Uh, when it crashed, uh, there were five little kids on that aircraft. Uh, and uh, those of us that worked that crash night, I'll just remind you, we still saw passengers strapped in seats even deep inside the Pentagon uh, in that crash. <clears throat> it's a very serious issue. Uh, but that aircraft there, the Doomsday aircraft, uh, uh, I was the vice commander of the wing in Nebraska much later after the Pentagon. Uh, but that aircraft was taking off out of Andrews Air Force Base. I'll tease our discussion with that for the audience. It was literally taking off at the time that American Airlines Flight 77 was striking the Pentagon. One of the men that I worked with uh, in the Pentagon in nuclear operations was there uh, on that aircraft and told me he saw the smoke rising from the air mission. Uh, so let's go to the Spaces audience. I see some hands up over there, Kat. Uh, uh, you're keeping track of who's first in line. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Colonel. Um, AC Truth, go ahead. Hello, Colonel. So I, I appreciate, especially when those who have served in the military or have been in a sector of the government come out to tell their experience or they speak out when times are tough in the country because we need those with the experience and the background of seeing how government works to be able to feel free to be a whistleblower or to talk against what's going on. And the reason why that's important is because a lot of times our government has lost our respect because of lies and because of the political um, back and forth and persuasions and the corruption that we see. So I think we as Americans always need to remember that when we have people that have that experience come out and tell you what they've seen, you really need to listen closely because they can help you connect the dots into how you can make government manageable and you can get rid of the corruption because they're speaking from experience. And instead of concentrating on the things that the conspiracy theorists want you to concentrate on, there are other questions that are bigger 
than um, what we see uh, people fight about, and that's to throw us off guard. So I really appreciate you putting your time and energy into this and wanting us to hear your experience, because then we can actually look to see what not to do again, how to proceed forward, and not how to have to live in so much fear that we have something that the Patriot Act turns into, which is what we're experiencing today with censorship. So I just wanted to thank you and just understand there's a lot of people out here that are actually looking for real truth in order to fix our problems and the issues in our country and to not get stuck on things that cause us to go in a spiral downward and cause the corruption to continue. Thank you so much, AC. And believe me, Commander Arrington and I are on that team. Uh, we are very upset at what's happened in our country and what our government, a rogue federal government, we say it all the time on this program, is doing to the people of the United States of America and their liberty. The government is instituted in order to protect our liberty, not destroy it. And that's why it's so important for people to get focused on what's really meaningful to get done to get the government back in line, just like you said. I totally agree. Let's take one more, and then we'll talk uh, about uh, what that doomsday report. Kim, go ahead. Good. Sorry, I didn't hit my mute. Uh, Jim Paff again. Hey, listen, uh, I worked eight years on Capitol Hill as a chief of staff. I've worked in and around these people for a lot of years. We've got a whole bunch of serious issues like you're talking about that we have to address to get sidelined and sidetracked by these sorts of conspiracies that really have no evidence to them, only speculation if someone twists the evidence in front of them, we're totally uh, losing the opportunity to fix what desperately needs to be fixed. If this began in the 20th century with various problems in government that arose, particularly after World War One and II, uh, they got festered by the end of last century. This is so serious that we have to deal with the serious issues and focus on them. If we do not, that's how we can lose it all. And it's these kinds of distractions that can cause uh, some, some to fool the American people into what's really important. And when you lose focus, when you have these shiny objects, as you know from uh, military doctrine, if you have shiny objects that you're looking at rather than what's focused ahead of you, you cannot accomplish what needs to accomplish. There are far more serious things we need to take care of right now. You're absolutely right, Jim. Uh, well, uh, Commander Arrington, uh, uh, the reason why the the Nightwatch aircraft or Doomsday airplane was taking off out of Andrews Air Force Base is because the United States and its allies had entered its global nuclear warfare command and control exercise, which 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 included some moving around of actual hardware. The the uh, the Nightwatch aircraft is one of those pieces. And sending people from my office in nuclear operations on the Joint Staff out to all of these nodes uh, of nuclear command and control. And my immediate boss was a colonel named Dobie Gillis. Dobie's uh, uh, and he went to a base uh, in Louisiana called Parkstill Air Force Base because the nuclear bomber command was 8th Air Force, and that's where it's headquartered. So it's a key command and control node. Uh, and really the most bomber force nuclear execution is the most difficult to do because of the nature of aircraft that can move around, et cetera, versus missiles that sit in a silo. 
uh, and are not mobile, uh, so you have a lot more moving parts. So Dobie was there when the attack occurred, uh, and it was he that Air Force One called to find out what to do once they got President Bush back airborne after they were notified of the attacks down the floor. What did you see? Want to know my story? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I was uh, uh, in uh, New Orleans Naval Air Station, and we heard this uh, announcement over the PA, all law enforcement officers to the war room. So we all showed up in the war room, and the, the, the TVs all showed the World Trade Center, and the uh, North Tower was uh, on fire, and the caption read, small plane crashes into the World Trade Center. I looked at the guy next to me who was a former Marine. I said, mm, that doesn't look like a small airplane to me. And lo and behold, a couple minutes later, the other airplane hit the South Tower, and we all knew now we're at war. And uh, I don't know how long after that, I was called to the war room in order to deliver uh, six or seven uh, additional Secret Service agents to the president's detail at Barksdale Air Force Base. So I knew then he was headed towards Barksdale. And so when I got the guys in the airplane and uh, taxied to the end of the runway, I called for takeoff. The tower controller said, uh, sorry, sir, but aviation shut down. And I said this, this is a national security mission. I'm going to take this aircraft off in 20 seconds. If you want to stop me, you better shoot me down. Did you get that on tape? And so he let me get airborne, and I headed towards Barksdale, not very long uh, flight. And about 20 miles from Barksdale, I called them. They, we, we know you're coming. Come on in, land. And then as soon as that transmission ends, I hear this. Omaha 101, this is... Air Force One, who are you? So they didn't know. So now I'm talking to the President of the United States, and uh, I convinced him I was a good guy, but I also heard that customs airplanes have four or five different air, uh, radios in the airplane. And I heard on one of the radios that two F-16s were intercepting me. And I used to intercept guys all the time in Navy and customs airplanes. And so I talked uh, fire pilot jargon to them, convinced him I was a good guy, and they didn't have to intercept me. So I landed after Air Force One landed, Stayed there for lunch for a little while and came back that night to teach a class at Tulane University, which I canceled, but I told the kids I'll stay and answer any questions you might have, and it was a great conversation. But what I told the kids was this. For about three or four weeks, you're going to see the United States come together and unite, but then after that three or four weeks, it's going to get back to the bickering that you know is our politics, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and uh, we're going to take our last break. Uh, when we come back, we'll hear from the man that was setting up security for Air Force One at Barksdale in a real short video clip. Uh, and then we'll talk some more with Commander Arrington about what else he did uh, that day. We'll be right back. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. 
Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. matters and when the U.S. was thrown into chaos on 9-11, the President of the United States sought safe haven on Barksdale Air Force Base. Two men on Barksdale remember that fateful day and how it shaped their professional lives. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward. Everlasting words brought on by indescribable tragedy. It was a possibility that we could have been going to war. I think at that point, the entire nation was preparing for war. At 8.50 a.m., President George W. Bush learned of a commercial plane hitting the North Tower. At 1 p.m., the Commander-in-Chief was on Barksdale Air Force Base addressing the nation. The United States will hunt down and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Charles Guillory remembers it all vividly. I was in control of all the area, all the personnel, posting everything for the uh, security forces. He was Sergeant Guillory then, heading up Air Force security forces. After the North Tower was struck, he went from aircraft to aircraft on base, making sure his MPs were briefed on what was unfolding. Minutes later, I got a call on the radio to return back to our control center ASAP as soon as possible. And they informed me that President Bush, Air Force One, would be here within 30 minutes. So you need to go out and set up security. In a time of unprecedented uncertainty, Guillory began securing the flight line. So we had to secure that, that aircraft and make sure that the president was secure here on Barksdale. Air Force Base. It was eerie because when the aircraft came, when Air Force One was landing, his two uh, escort fighter planes, they peeled off and it was just him landing by himself. So and it was just uh, a real strange feeling, you know. He was 100 feet from the nose of the aircraft when Air Force One came to a stop. When he landed, he saw his resources, he saw his protection. Our military at home and around the world is on high alert status. Colonel Joseph. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show here on the Red Voice Media Network. We're uh, discussing what the uh, U.S. military was doing and why it was doing it uh, with uh, Commander Randy Arrington, U.S. Navy retired uh, and political science professor and PhD Dr. Randy Arrington. Got to give you your due. You know, uh, Doc, uh, a lot of folks uh, didn't real, you know, the, the global nuclear command and control uh, exercise that was that had kicked off uh, really could have been a very dangerous situation for all of the Western world uh, if uh, these attacks on the United States had somehow been thought to have been uh, involved in uh, bioweapons or weapons of mass destruction or nuclear weapons. Uh, while this was all going on. As a matter of fact, I've talked to, to 
my colleagues that were in the command center, there was a lot of discussion. Is this real? You know, they would look at us because we were running the exercise and go, is this real? Uh, you know, so luckily all of those questions got answered as quickly as possible. Uh, and, and the, you know, the nation was able to respond, send fighters up towards uh, Pennsylvania, Flight 93, get fighters to the president, uh, get fighter aircraft up on combat air patrol immediately, get all the airliners landed uh, so we could sort out who was good guy and bad guy and those kind of things. But it was precarious there uh, uh, for a while. You had another mission that day, too, didn't you, for the next day? Well, it was two days later, and in front of the nuclear stuff, I was a nuclear delivery pilot in two aircraft. You were a nuclear delivery commander in your aircraft, the B-1. And I remember wearing those little plastic devices around your neck. You crack it open, you read the codes, and tell you, yes, you're going to do this. But two days later, I was ordered to go to uh, New York to land at JFK, bring some more important guys up there. And so I landed at JFK, and it's a huge airport. And nothing was moving on the airport except for me. It was very eerie. And across the way, across the water, you could see the, where the Twin Towers were and the smoke still rising up. And about an hour later, we had gotten on, my co and I got on the Long Island Railroad, and we rode down to underneath, uh, it was Penn Square, and that's underneath uh, Madison Square Garden. And then we walked towards Ground Zero, and uh, it was set up with concentric circles, and you had to go through security, get into each area that was more secure. Of course, we were wearing our flight suits and our guns and our badges, so we could get through pretty easily. The uh, last uh, place I had to go through, they said, you have to have a mask. And I couldn't find a mask. These, these situations that occur are very heartwarming in the sense that um, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, Pizza Hut, they set up aid stations and they hand out food and clothing and water and, and uh, you know, gloves and stuff like that. I couldn't find a mask. So this nurse came up to me and she said, I'll give you my mask so you can get into the actual ground zero. And she only wanted me to take a picture with her as payment. I said, sure. So I got to actually ground zero. I stood, I dropped bombs for a living. I know what bombs can do. And what I saw was horrendous. And I saw, I had some good conversations with first responders and people that were there to help rescue people. And I walked up to one guy who was like six foot four, 220, just a chiseled man. But I could tell by his body language, he was upset. And what I found out was that he had come up with his crew from South Carolina to help. But that day, Rudy Giuliani divided the site in half. This union got this half, and the other union got this half, and he wasn't a member of the union, he couldn't do anything, and he wanted to do something. He told me about the body parts he found, this, that, and the other. And every time they found a body part, they would give an American flag, Colonel, and they would they'd wrap that body part in an American flag, which was very, very heartening to me to see that. And it brought people together. And unfortunately, we need stuff like that to bring us together for at least a little while. So I was actually at ground zero. I picked up a chunk of window, and I had my hard hat, and I had that little mask, and I still have it. I always give lectures all over the country telling about this, not to bring attention to myself, but because the purpose is to motivate people to remember where they were, what they were doing when that happened, to never forget, and to love the United States of America. That's my purpose in telling the story. Yeah, Doc, uh, that's a good point. You know, uh, if anybody thinks that this show or this discussion or my post yesterday was about bringing attention to me, look, the last thing I want to do is think about what happened and my friends, and my colleagues, and their families on 9-11-2001. Uh, 
that's the last thing that I want uh, to do is have to talk about this stuff. So, uh, so uh, such in such a detailed manner, uh, or you know, it, it, but it is what it is. Uh, we do it. We do it. I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to answer questions. I answered a lot of questions. One of the questions I got yesterday was, why? How did the airplane get inside the air defense systems at the Pentagon? Well, there were no air defense systems at the Pentagon. We weren't uh, worried about an air attack on the Pentagon, other than from Soviet, you know, Russian missiles, what you know, yeah. long-range missile, ballistic missile, uh, and those kind of things. Uh, we were not prepared uh, for that type of strategic attack on the country, uh, and uh, you know, and, and we did some things wrong, like the Patriot Act. That has resulted in where we're at now, where people like me are being accused of having a tendency to be a domestic terrorist or domestic violent extremist. I just read a USA Today article about that this morning. This morning. Go check it out. Most people that have military training in America have a tendency to join the violent domestic extremist groups. Really. Who says that? Well, the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, was one of the people that signed a letter to the Secretary of Defense demanding action uh, against some phantom legion of uh, white supremacists, domestic extremists that have military training. It's incredibly insane. We have other and better things to do uh, than look at conspiracy theories. And that's a big one on the left. Big, big conspiracy theory. Well, let me just say this to the audience. Colonel Manis, Colonel Manis is a true American hero, folks. Okay, right, you understand that? Yeah, before we break for uh, the end of the show here, let's go back to our Spaces audience uh, because that's really a, my favorite part of the show now is to get yeah. a chance to talk to people that are uh, live audience members that are interested in uh, engaging. The truth. Yeah, go ahead. And Bet, did you want to go ahead and make a comment? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Colonel. This is M. M. speaking uh, from one airman to another. I certainly salute you, sir. Appreciate uh, appreciate all you've done. And, um, you know, you're, you're definitely 100 percent spot on with the with the airplanes, uh, both there and at the Twin Towers. I mean, you can see the evidence. You can see that jet fuel blowing up. What's it take? Ten seconds and it, uh, the fireball and it's gone. Um, but I, I think what we're into here, uh, just a quick comment, and then I'll, I'll yield back, is uh, there's so many people that see, see things one time or two times, as we all know, and, and then it blows up. And then, you know, people just keep on bringing it up, bringing it up, and posting it and posting it. And it, it's almost like the old theory where you, if you tell a lie a thousand times, people will believe it. And, and I think that's exactly what's happening, you know, in some cases here. But... Um, it's very disheartening to see any veteran dishonor another veteran or make uh, slanderous comments. Um, there's no room for that anywhere. Um, and I think those ones are, are hopefully far and in between. Um, at least I hope that's the case in your case um, because you truly are uh, you truly are a patriot. And it's, a, it's an honor to, uh, to even follow you and to hear you speak and, and I'll yield back. Uh, and again, though, uh, I appreciate the comments, but this isn't about me uh, or people, whether they like me or not. I want people to be skeptical. Uh, Dr. Arrington and I both, uh, he's on my show. He's my most regular contributor because 
uh, we have a lot to say about encouraging people to peel back the layers because we are under a mat we the american citizen is under a massive influence operation we don't even That's know right. where it's all coming from but we have some suspicions but it's not all coming from the chinese communist party or oh my god vladimir putin and the russians that's not where it's coming from. It's coming from within. And it's up to us. The cavalry's not coming. We're it. The military's not going to intervene. They're, they're not going to intervene. Uh, if they intervene uh, uh, on a, from a political perspective, I, I would be very surprised. Okay? We are the cavalry. And we have to get past these, uh, 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 these things that don't really matter. And unfortunately, this aircraft versus missile thing that I ran into yesterday uh, is one of those things, man. The facts don't support you. Period. Dot. It's over. Get past it. Let's get back to work to find out what the hell's going on in this country and stop it and then get a government that will protect our liberty the way it's supposed to. Doc, I'll give you three seconds. We speak the truth. Speak the truth and do the consequences. And uh, God help us to do that. And uh, we do speak the real truth. And uh, we are true American patriots. And we have to save this country. True American patriots will have to stand up and fight back to save the United States of America and ensure our freedom and our longevity as a free nation into the future. Roger that. I don't have anything else to add, Disco, uh, uh, except for thanks for watching, folks, over in Spaces. Thanks for engaging in the conversation. I look forward to having you back on my next show. It's More War Monday. And, of course, we always have war to talk about because we still have people that are the Bush empire uh, in office in this country, even though, thank God, Mitt Romney is leaving, uh, at least temporarily, before he decides he's going to run for president as some kind of weird independent or something. Uh, I'm Rob Manus. This is the Red Voice Media Network, the most dangerous network in America because we bring you the facts and the truth, even if it pisses you off. And I know it did this time. And Tucker is still laughing. <laughs> <laughs>